so excited to have you. Welcome back to the Feel Her podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Allen, and I have another awesome guest for you guys today. We have just been, I think this is our fourth guest in a row. We've been in a guest series. It's been super fun. We've talked about finances. We've talked about relationship, sex, and marriage. And now we're going to talk to this amazing, badass female about female traveling. And anyone that is a good friend of mine knows that I absolutely love traveling. I love experiencing different cultures, but I wanted to get an expert's opinion and not just talk about my wish lists and bucket list things. I wanted to tap into somebody who has actually experienced it and not just experienced it, but I mean, conquered this world and is taking it over. So Kelly Lewis is who I have today. And let me just tell you a little bit about her before she says hi, because it was, she is so cool. She is a women's travel industry maven. I love that word. She's passionate about helping women tap into their personal power through travel. She's the founder of Go Girl Guides. And those are the first ever world, like first world series of travel guides for women. Kelly has been called a Dom Disruptor by Adventure.com, a badass female founder by the Huffington Post. And her work has been featured in New York Times, Forbes, CNN, Travel and Leisure, and so much more. So everyone listening to the Fuel Her podcast today, just give her a little coffee mug, cheers, and say hi. And Woo. welcome, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, well, right? Thank, it's you. Like- thank you so much for a great introduction. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about travel and adventure and overcoming the odds and doing things other people think are impossible because that yes. is that's my jam. <laughs> I love that too. Um, I think travel and adventure, especially as women kind of automatically goes with you're going against the grain or of, of against societies. Have you ever worked in that, like that nine to five jive or is that just yeah. once and I hated it <laughs> once. And I was like, you know, this is just not for me. Like, I think I always you know, I'm a really creative person. So it, my mom jokes that every time I take a shower, I come up with another business, which is kind of true. And so I sort of knew, you know, that I wanted to one day be an entrepreneur, but I started my career actually as a journalist. I uh, went to school for journalism and never, I mean, I grew up in Hawaii, so I never really had the opportunity to travel outside of my island because we had a family of six and it's just too expensive to go anywhere from Hawaii. I always wanted to travel like as soon as I could, but then, you know, I couldn't really afford it to do it in college. And so I didn't really start traveling until after I graduated college. So I was, you know, 21 at the time to think that like, I mean, I'm 34 now. So to think that from then to now I'd go as far as I did and, and see every continent on this earth is like kind of crazy. And to think that I would build businesses around that is even crazier. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So you kind of just, so you grew up in Hawaii. Is -hmm. that where you were born? I was born in Tucson, Arizona, actually. Okay. Okay. So is that, we have like a military family or no, no, my, um, my stepdad did real estate. And we grew up, you know, I'm, I moved in the first grade. So I was there first grade through high school graduations was pretty much all I really like can remember and know. And I definitely have a distinct memory of sitting on my friend's swing set in her backyard and thinking, what else is out there? It's like my Moana moment, like what's beyond the shore? And and like really being curious about what the world was like, but nobody in my family traveled. Like it wasn't a thing I grew up thinking about really. I just had a curiosity for the world. And then 
in college, I feel like I developed kind of an obsession about New Zealand. And I don't, I didn't really know why. It's just everything in me wanted to go to New Zealand. So for my college graduation gift from my family, which was so nice of them, they got me a flight to Fiji, New Zealand and Australia. My friend and I, we traveled three weeks. And when I was in New Zealand, I just knew that I wanted to stay. And so I actually met someone in New Zealand who was there on a working holiday visa. And I was like, that's it. I'm moving to New Zealand. Like, I don't really care about anything else. So I came <laughs> back and sold like everything I had down to my like toaster, the rug on my floor, everything that I could. I got a working holiday visa to New Zealand and I arrived with like $400 to my name. Oh my and, I, and I was kind of like, but you know, when you're amb ambitious, you think mm -hmm. that like you think that's gonna last or something? I don't know, but I knew I knew I was gonna find a job because I was legal to work in the country. So I just didn't really need to come up with much else. So I moved to New Zealand and I- What'd your family up, say about that initial move, that first move? They didn't understand it. <laughs> they were like, they're like, okay, yeah. I mean, like they were like, go for it, but they didn't really know why. And I couldn't explain to them why. And I think there were some people, like some professors that I had that, you know, I was on a pretty promising track with journalism. I was, you know, the news editor of our student newspaper and I was working for a local newspaper at the same time. I was doing like a lot of reporting work. And I think I had one professor who was like, I don't know why you want to do this. Like you're on such a good trajectory. You're going to screw up your career if you take the sleep. And I just, I didn't care. <laughs> so, I didn't care. There are definitely people in this world that would care. I will say, I agree yeah. with you. I totally understand what you're saying, but there are definitely people that would be like, oh, I can't do it. Like too scared to jump. Like there are some things that you just know in your soul. And yeah. like, for me, it was like New Zealand, everywhere I looked were signs for New Zealand. I just knew I was supposed to be in New Zealand. I did, I know no one in New Zealand. And I was just like, all right, well, let's follow this and see where it goes. Ended up being the best year of my life. I worked for a company that did Lord of the Rings tours. That's so cool. It was so fun. And I would spend my nights, like I lived in a two bedroom apartment with eight people. <laughs> Very much like Chaos. a traveler's lifestyle. But yeah, there was like two guys that lived in two vans in the yard and like four people in the basement. Like, I mean, it was just so crazy and fun and carefree. And like, and those people have been my, my travel family for years now. We've gone to all sorts of different places together, but it really was like the initial introduction into what the world could look like, a new lifestyle. So what made you leave New Zealand after just a year? My visa ran up. Oh, darn it. <laughs> I know. And I was so sad. I was so sad. I cried like so, so much on the plane. They had to give me like a legit bottle of wine because I was so sad. And I was like leaving behind this guy that was a skydiver and I was like, <laughs> you know, so heartbroken and what, it, yeah, it was terribly sad. And then I came back and I was like, okay, well now what? Yeah. I was gonna say, what's it, your next move? After yeah. That? Well, now what, now what do I do? I did the thing I wanted to do. And then it was like, well, now I keep going. So I came back, I got a job, um, as a journalist for like a nine to five, the nine to five that you had asked me about. And mm -hmm. I was working <laughs> in this office job under fluorescent lights and I hated it in a cubicle. It wasn't for me, but I was like, okay, well, this is just for now, you know? And then so I picked up that job during the day. I picked up um, a job at a bar at night and I was just basically working around the clock and like stashing money. And when I hit like three, $4,000 in savings, I left again. <laughs> and I, I, um, yep, I left. I went to South America and I backpacked South America for five months and then came back 
And this was just kind of the like routine it was like, come back, make a little money, go. Are you working while you're down, like on your trips at this point then, or are you the money that you saved your budgeting and figuring out how to survive yep. off of the money that I saved, I budgeted, I budgeted and figured out how long I could make it last. Uh, so but you can really make it last. <laughs> yeah. What, how, what are your top tips on doing that right off the top of your head? Yeah, stay in hostels and eat really cheaply. There were times we would eat a loaf of baguette and like some cheese for dinner. Like we didn't really, it's it's so interesting to think because now obviously now my travel style is much different. I've been in the industry for 13 years. I'm a little more bougie than I used to be, but I definitely was like, whatever. I've stayed in hostels with 40 other people in the room, like a big wide open room. <laughs> Fun fact, my husband stayed in a hostel for his bachelor party in the used to, in the States. I'm like, I didn't even know we had them, but yeah, we it's do. nice that we do. We do. Yeah. And depending on where you go, you can really stretch that money. So I feel like in South America, I, I was staying in places $15, $20 a night. And then I volunteered with sea turtles for a couple of months, was able to stay with them on the beach in Uruguay for free while I did that. It just was like a really beautiful time in life when you don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of following your heart, right? And yeah. then like, but then I would, I would keep doing this. So I would come back get all my jobs back, which is so nice of them. Yeah. And then I would leave again. And then at one point they were like, okay, you can't, if you leave again, you cannot come back. <laughs> like, okay. This is the end. So I was like, all right, fine. So I left. But before they said that, I had a moment, I had like a dream in the middle of the night. One night I was back, I was working all my jobs again in the US, in Arizona. And I had a dream in the middle of the night that I was looking at a guidebook for women. And in my dream, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally your calling. Like you should have done this. And now somebody else did it. I was kind of like chastising myself a little bit. And anyway, I remembered, I forgot about the dream and halfway through my work day the next day. And I started Googling guidebooks for women. And this was 2010. So I was like, this, there's no way that this hasn't been done. Like this is, a, this has gotta be a thing. And I couldn't find anyone that had done travel guidebooks for women. And so right then and there, I was like, this is, this is my path. This is my calling. And my only obligation is to follow it through. So at that point I said, all right, let's do the first guidebook on Thailand. And three months later I was in Thailand writing the first go girl guide. And that's when my bosses were like, you can't come back. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really want to. So <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need to. In a nicer way. Yeah. Um, tell me which, how many books, guidebooks do you have now? I, I was looking on your seven. website, but tell the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We've done seven. We've done Thailand, Mexico, Argentina. We've done London, New York city. We have two like general guides on essentials to pack and places to go. And, you know, that was like my first business and I thought it would be my only business, but that's not the way things went. Ambitious. I, you you know, said ambitious. Yeah, I know. I, I'm telling you every time I take a shower. So one day I decided to move from Tucson to New York City. And so I set up a big cross-country book tour where I was talking to women about guidebooks and about women's travel and what makes it different, etc. And these conversations were so like electrifying that they would want to pick my brain for hours and just talk about traveling and where they'd traveled to and where they wanted to travel to. When I was there, I said, okay, this needs to be done in a bigger way. So when I got to New York City, I started a conference called the Women's Travel Fest which was the world's first conference for women who travel. That's been going on now. We're going into our eighth year. So it's been a wild ride. So crazy. So what, <laughs> what was probably the most asked question when you would have those conversations with women in New York City? I think, well, first of all is, 
how and is it safe? That's the biggest hurdle. But then the question becomes, okay, where? Like, where can I go first? Where should I go? Where should I look at? And I love that because then that's the moment when you stop allowing fear to hold you back from something and you start being inquisitive on what it looks like, what that path could look like. I bet it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Yeah. And I meet people who are really gung-ho avid travelers. I meet people who have never traveled. I meet women who are retired and just starting to travel. I meet their grandchildren that they're like wanting to get started early. <laughs> it's like, it's really such a gift to be able to, to just come together with the sole agenda of being like, this is the thing that I'm super passionate about. Are you passionate about it too? And like sharing of that is so magical because it's a beautiful space. I'm not teaching you how to blog. I'm not trying to give you any skills. We're just talking about traveling, our experiences traveling and you know what we see on the horizon. And so it's really, really fun. Oh yeah. So I, I was peeking around your website a little bit before our talk and I loved that the quote you had on uh, one of your sites that said, we firmly believe the world is mostly safe and people are mostly good. What did or does typical society and culture usually have to say about your lifestyle of choice? I think there's first a lot of confusion and then generally some like wonder and awe. Like I definitely feel like a, a shiny object sometimes because it's like, oh, wow, what a cool life. But then there are other people who sort of look at you and say like, why, why are you choosing this path? Like, why can't you just be like everyone else? Nobody really in my circle says that because I surround myself with people who, who see life as really like such an adventure. And I think of myself as just a person here to explore like whatever life gives me. And so I'm constantly Googling crazy things. The other day I was like, what if I got my general contractor license? It has nothing to do with travel, but it's like, I think the point of living is to experience as much as we can. Now having been to every continent on, on this earth, I feel less of a need to see things and more like, okay, well, what's life going to give me next? Like, you know, what do I do with all of this learned experience? How can I help other people in what else is ahead for me? Oh yeah. I love that. So you said you've been to every continent. So how many countries is that? Do you know, or have you lost count? I've been to, I think I've been to like almost 90 countries and seven, all seven continents. So what was so, Antarctica like? What did you do there? Amazing. It's one of the most amazing places, maybe the most amazing place I've seen on this beautiful earth because it's so pristine and untouched. untouched. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's what came to my it's mind. It's like looking at the world before we messed it up. Like it's like looking at prehistoric, like, so is it not all ice? It's not all, well, yeah. I mean, it is all ice, but it's icebergs and it's penguins and it's crystal clear water. You can see so far and no trash, no smoke and no pollution. It's so magical. What so. brought you to Antarctica? Like what, just to go there? So random. Um, so I have a friend who leads a community of women who travel on Facebook. It's called Girls Love Travel. And she has like over a million plus women in that community. But she basically texted me and was like, hey, I have a spot to Antarctica and I feel like you need to be in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she was like, oh, and by the way, it leaves in two weeks. I'm like, um, I don't know that that's going to be what I'm going to do. But then somehow she like, I, she, in the I was in the grocery store she somehow convinced me that this was like what I needed for my business and life and really, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to Antarctica. And so 10 days later, I ended up flying out there and it was a trip that changed my whole life. Like well, I, I would met, say, was she right? 
she was so right. First of all, I met like 80 women who had said yes to a trip like this, which is really ambitious. And of those 80 women, I mean, I'm still in touch with probably like 45 of them and maybe 15 of them are like very good friends of mine. So it has ended up being kind of life-changing. And I remember at the time, my, my business coach just being like, well, I don't know why you're being called to go to Antarctica, but I guess you should go. Okay. <laughs> That's um, a good affirmation. But, but I just love when things like that happen. And I'm like mm-hmm. such a big believer in just following things. For some reason, you thing like that falls into your lap, which happens to me frequently because I'm pretty like aligned but things always just fall into my lap. I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I love that so much. I just, I also think that that very much so has to do with the fact that you have an open heart and open mind and you're just ready to receive and not totally. I, obviously that mindset. If someone has a fixed or fearful mindset first or anxious, then they're obviously not going to be one to even see the opportunity, let alone mm-hmm. even think about it. Yeah. And I think that I have, because I've quit and started so many jobs and lived on a shoestring budget and taken really big, bold chances and businesses and whatever, it kind of created this like absolute trust that everything's going to work out. Even if money runs low, even if the job says you can't come back, like it's all, you can figure it all out. And so therefore there's no reason not to say yes and see what happens. But I think that's what holds people back a lot is like not having trust that the universe is gonna gonna have your back, you know? Like something else will come your way if not this thing that you have now. Exactly. What or why would you urge women to travel? And do you recommend solo travel or do you think it should be something that's kind of required as a woman to do in their lifetime? Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that travel for me is such an amazing way to connect to your own personal sense of capability and strength. So like traveling isn't always easy, but I know that I have taken so much away from an adventure that really tested me and being able to figure it out. So like there are days in my regular life where I'm like, oh God, this is so hard. Everything's so hard. It feels like I'm climbing uphill. And then I'll be like, but you climbed Machu Picchu. You got this. You know, you figured out how to get to this one random place in China on this one random bus in this one random bus stop without speaking any of the language. So like you can probably figure it out. So there's like the sense of I got it that you get from traveling and from putting yourself in unfamiliar situations and from navigating those situations successfully. So that for me has been life-changing. That's why I think women especially should travel the world just because sometimes you need a reminder that you're a fierce boss and like you can do it and you got it. (laughs) Confidence. So what would you say your confidence level was before you started traveling to where it is now? I think I was always pretty confident, not on like a physical level, but just on like a, yeah, I can probably figure this out. And that's because I've been so scrappy in my life and I have figured out so much, but then traveling just reinforced that to me. You know, what if I did put myself in Japan? What if I, you know, what if I did hop on this flight to South Africa? How could I figure it out? And really what it comes down to is just getting the flight. And then I always say, figure out the flight and then figure out where you're staying that first night and how you're getting from the airport to that place. And then everything else becomes just logistic. And for some women, like I know my my mother never traveled. So for her, the biggest mental block is like the A to B. Like, how do I get from the airport to my hotel? How do I get around the city? That stuff is all figure outable. And once mm-hmm. you're there and like riding the trains or whatever, you you realize 
you can navigate it, but I think it's just that initial, how do I actually do this? <laughs> that holds a lot of people back. Yeah. So what's your favorite lesson about yourself that you've learned while traveling? Other than you can figure out pretty much anything. Yeah, I can figure out pretty much anything and, um, by yourself, Hello. by myself. Yep. <laughs> and I can create pretty much anything, even if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I have zero experience writing guidebooks. So I had to figure like none, like, I'm yeah, a, but I you still made the first ones. <laughs> exactly. So Go that's on. what I'm saying is like, I had to figure out page stock. I had to figure out how to design a book, how to get a book listed, how to get a book distributed, what the weight of the book should feel like, what the spine of the book should be, what goes in the book. And it's kind of like, I feel that not only can I figure out anything in the world, but I can create anything by asking, asking others. And I think also when it comes to creators, some people don't really want to share their ideas until they're like perfected because they don't, they have this fear that other people are going to steal them or something. I don't feel that way at all. I feel like the more people I tell about what I'm excited about just gets them excited. People don't actually usually follow through <laughs> on like an idea. So you can't ever think that someone's going to take your creative idea. You just have to follow it because it came to you for a reason. Yeah. I love the quote that says, you know, they can, you can give them their exact recipe, but the sauce won't taste the same. Yep. You know, it's the same thing right there. Tell us about a negative experience that you've had while traveling and how did you turn it around to be positive? Oy, I've had some not so great experiences with men in, oh, this is my yeah, <laughs> in um, South America specifically. And I don't know that I ever turned it around to a positive, but I didn't let it totally derail me from what I was trying to do and see. Like I, when I was in Argentina, I was riding a bus and Argentina is so big. So I was riding a bus that took me from I think Buenos Aires all the way down to Bariloche. That's about an 18, 19 hour bus ride. And on that bus ride, I had this really creepy guy that was working on the bus, not driving, but just like attending to passengers. It, he just gave me a weird vibe. And so one time I went to the bathroom and he was like right outside and seemed like shocked that I was coming out. And I thought that was weird. And then the next time I went to the bathroom, I noticed there was a hole in the door and I put my eye to it and his eye was on the other side, like oh my staring gosh. at me, watching me go to the bathroom. No. And I, it was so invasive. It just really freaked me out. And like, I've had men push themselves on me in Argentina. It's one of my favorite countries in the entire world. But like these things definitely have happened. They definitely do happen all over the place. And I don't know, you know, I mean, I remember after the bus, that was like a new level of like voyeurism that made me feel so just like icky. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, I want to just go home. I want to go back to my boyfriend and I want to deal with this. And then thinking like, but I'm not going to let him win. Like if I go home now, then I I'm only hurting myself because I'm missing out on all the things that I wanted to see. And he also wins somehow because I'm turning around. Yeah. I just had to keep going forward. And I feel like these conversations, we have a lot more now, but back then we didn't really talk much about this sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. It was just something that happened and you just had to keep going. Exactly. Which is ridiculous. I'm glad that we get to talk about it more now. Yeah, me too. So what was your favorite place that you've been to so far? Mm, it's a, it's a tie, honestly, between New Zealand, Argentina, actually, and Antarctica. 
I mean, it's just so special. I want everyone to go in their lifetime, but I also don't want them to go because I don't want to see it damaged in any way. <laughs> I'm like so protective over it. Um, and also Iceland is incredible. And now my wish list is so random and weird. It's like Mongolia, Costa Rica. <laughs> it's yeah, so, like, Costa Rica is so pretty though. People Outline. are like, how have you not gone to Costa Rica? I'm like, yeah. I was going like so random. I was going so much further. So now it's like, okay, well maybe I'll try that one out a little bit. Yeah, totally. Also, I should say at some point in 2016, I started a tour company for women called Damesley. I take small groups of women traveling around the world and it's amazing and so fun. It's been so just successful and awesome. But then COVID happened. So everything that I was doing in travel came to a complete stop. And then I definitely spent a couple of weeks under the covers just being like, what do I do now? Like, how am I going to turn this around? But then in that moment, I started thinking about all the things that I've gone through, all the challenges that I've overcome. And I was like, this is oddly a very unique opportunity to write the book that I wanted to write. There you go. Writing. So I started writing and now um, my book's coming out June 29th. So um, I'm so excited. I have questions about that a little bit later, but have you always, so you said you always wanted to write a book or is always. this just something that kind of popped up because of quarantine? Yeah, no, I've always been a writer. I've always wanted to write a book. I'd actually written a full book once when I was sailing around the world, which is another fun story. Um, <laughs> but I was sailing around the world. I wrote this whole book and then I just kind of like left it in my Dropbox and like didn't really do anything with it. Still haven't really done anything with it because that's- So maybe one yeah. day, maybe- Yeah, probably next. It's on my, it's on my list. I just, because everything got taken away during COVID, it also, I responded with the like, well, screw it. Like, let's do everything that we ever wanted to do, right? Now I'm just like, I'm going to write a book of poetry and I'm going to write a book of I'm gonna write this book. I'm gonna write Tell Her She Can't and I'm gonna start a podcast and I'm gonna do like whatever the hell I want because you never, nothing is guaranteed. Exactly. I mean, and you gotta just do what's best for you. Which, okay, this is just not as, not as juicy, but I wanna know. Which country has the best coffee or tea? So I'm Ooh. a big coffee person. Ooh, I had honestly great coffee in Turkey and Ooh. in the Philippines. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't drink coffee for a really long time. I don't know why. I don't. I didn't like either until things. I traveled, until I was in Mexico. Yeah. And it was the first time I ever drank coffee. So it was kind of ruined when I got back to America and we have crappy coffee, yeah. typically. I just always figured I didn't like it. <laughs> so now I'm like, no, I really do like coffee. Tea, Morocco. Morocco's definitely the best. Yeah, they have like an awesome mint tea that you'll drink a million mm. times in every place that you check into. It's so fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Which country has the friendliest people you've been to? Friendliest people. So that's a hard one because I feel like people in general are friendly. That's a nice, I feel like not a lot of people have that perspective. Yeah, I like, I don't think that anywhere has been ruder like even in Paris people were so nice to me people are always like the French are terrible Canadians super sweet <laughs> I think that like I just think that like people are mostly good and like they will always be there to help you out when you really need it without you having to worry about it I think so we need more people like you with the with that mindset <laughs> um okay so tell me about an embarrassing moment that you've had while traveling oh god embarrassing moment I mean, just a lot of embarrassing hookup stories, but I think those are a little too juicy that for this so podcast. Great. <laughs> that is great. That so is perfect. Interesting hostile moments. <laughs> but okay, so you're, you're, yeah, so people still hook up in the hostels then, even though everybody's out in the open. 
Yeah, if they're terrible, which I was apparently, because I did. <laughs> if they're terrible. So it's like the shame, you know? What am I, what are we even it's, So it's worse thinking? than the walk of shame after college. <laughs> yeah, because there's other people in the room. <laughs> like you're trying to be like sneaky and, and you're not. You're not doing a good job. It's just like it's... Are you usually intoxicated when doing this or sober minded yeah, making that decision? Sure. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not sober. But it's like still the shame. shame. Um, do you Lots usually leave the hostel the next day? And like, I swear to God, I mean, as a woman, I feel like I've come so far in having a different perspective on men, but I would get so caught up in these dudes who like never were going to care. We're never going to stick around. We're never like a long-term thing. And everything I would think could be that. I think it took me a long time before I realized, no, some people are just for here and now right now and you you don't need to make them into something else and like there's no shame in that you just live your life however you want to so. I love it super <laughs> awesome so dating down like while you're traveling was totally a thing you usually didn't have a boyfriend back at home you're yeah if you want to call it dating yeah <laughs> traveling while seeing people spending yeah. time with yeah I mean when I had a boyfriend at home no I yeah you know I you just meet people constantly and it's yeah. sort of like a it's like you're you're so uninhibited right so you're just like hey you're cute let's go to the beach together and then that turns into like two weeks of traveling and then sometimes that turns into seeing each other years down the road in another country or in their home country or I mean I have so many like random stories like that that's <laughs> still so fun because you're still experiencing and getting to have those experiences with different cultures but also yeah. with like a little bit more deeper connection in a different way totally yeah so I think I probably can kind of guess this and the answer to this question but strict schedule or go with the flow go with the flow for sure so you're more of like okay we'll figure it out when we get down there that's totally me yeah I'm more of that and like let me see what's got availability for tonight like I'm more of like what can I book for tomorrow like I'm not like thinking strict too schedule. far ahead yeah you know that's when you have time right so like it's the best like when I think about South America just being free-spirited and like going with it and having time to travel now it's like you've got 10 days you know you need to be in certain places or you want to be in certain places so you kind of book it all mm-hmm. both ways are fine but now it's like when I'm traveling now I'm usually traveling for work like I'm leading a group trip or you know. I was going to ask you if you went on the trips with you said Damsley, right? Was the company or the tour guide. Yeah, so do you actually Damsley. go on the trips with yeah, them? I, I, I do. I don't lead all of our tours. I have some really great tour guides. Um, but you know, we have some upcoming tours this fall to like Morocco and Egypt, and I'm going to be leading those. Um, they're sold out. I have one seat left on Egypt, but yeah. And I have some friends on those tours too. So it's going to be like really fun. It's a really fun job, but it is definitely a job and it is hard because you have to remember like, you're not here to play. Like you're here to make sure that everyone has peed and has water and is comfortable. And well, travel is a job anyway. You know, it's not exactly like traveling is amazing, but it is a, it's work and it's tiring and it's a lot on your body. So that's that on itself, but then leading other people and making sure like the mother hen, a lot of stress, I'm sure. Keeping up group morale. And then you have one person who's super negative and then it pulls other people into that space. And it's just it's really hard. It's not for everyone, you know? What is your favorite way to travel? Do you like airplanes? Do you like cars, buses, trains, like public transport, local transport? I think I've done enough road trips for a lifetime, so I'm pretty over that. You said you sailed by a boat? Sailed around the world. Yep. I would recommend? I I actually loved it, but I don't recommend it. (laughs) It's really hard and scary and a unique way of traveling. Yeah, I'm kind of like a, a bus 
bus train girl. Like I like to fly somewhere, land there, and then explore that way. Hello, yeah, I love it. So would you rather just see a lot of places or would you rather stay and get to know someone, a place really, really well? I'd rather see a lot of places, to be honest. You're like hop, hop, hop around? Kind of, yeah. Because it's like, I love being able to stay in long places, but I have like a desire to know what each of these places look like. And then maybe later in life, I can say, okay, well, I'd like to go to Turkey for a year or, you know, I wouldn't know. I've been to Argentina so many times now. I've seen every corner of it. And I, it took me many times to do it because it's huge, but I don't, now it's like, it's one of my favorite countries and I feel like I could live there. And there are some places that have that vibration. That's like, I feel like a piece of me is home here. And so I want to spend more time, but you don't know that until you start getting out there. Okay. I want to talk more about your book now. (laughs) Yeah. You said you started writing it in COVID. Is it a story that just came to you? Is it the promise of that book? It's called Tell Her She Can't, Inspiring Stories with Unstoppable Women. It goes back to my childhood, which really wasn't great. I mean, I grew up in a beautiful place, but not so much in a beautiful environment. And I was constantly told, you know, that I was too fat, too stupid, too ugly to make it, that I wasn't going to succeed, that I'd end up a stain on society, quote unquote. I mean, and I grew up hearing this all the time. And so I, I had a choice. We all have choices. And I remember distinctly my mother telling me at like age 11, you know, you can let this destroy you or you can use this as fuel. And so that's how I got through that was like, I'm going to use this as fuel to show everyone that like, I'm going to be even better than they are, even more successful. They are even happier than they are. I started thinking about that mentality and like now having run women's travel fest for many years, I've spoken to some incredible leaders and they have similar stories. I think a lot of really strong women come from backgrounds that were less than ideal. And I started doing interviews with women that I knew who had gone through difficult times and who made it to the other side. And then I just put out like blanket calls on the internet. And I started getting stories of like just such incredible resilience. And I just started doing interviews. I started asking women, you know, what, what have you been through? Who said you couldn't do it? And what did you have to do to make it through? Like, how did you prove everyone wrong? And I just listened. And I mean, ultimately this book is collections of stories from my own life where I've been really tested and I've had to use that negativity as fuel and stories from 35 different women who've done the same thing and who've built million dollar businesses, who've beat cancer, who've gone through teen pregnancy, who've overcome. There's just so many ways to be resilient and And so in creating this project, it's really so beautiful. And it's such a beautiful reminder that we are so strong and you can get through absolutely anything that it kind of all for me, it starts, right. But it started with someone telling me that I can't. So it's like, screw that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm honestly just a little in awe. I mean, I've been blessed with part, like partnering up with women on this podcast that are like you, that have overcome, that have had the terrible things to get through the adversity. But Mm -hmm. I feel like, man, they just, they had those, they had the choice that you're talking about and they kind of take the different route. So what would you say maybe to a, to a woman who is maybe had the same kind of lies, I like to call them fed to you. But if you, you know, if you believe the lies, have them on repeat in your head, they, they start to become truth to you. So What would you say to the woman who's probably drowning in those truths? Maybe she she obviously didn't choose or didn't, maybe she didn't have a role model like yeah. a role model like your mom to say, 
hey, there is another choice. And they just kind of took those lies and believe them now. And they're adults and maybe they're trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. I mean, I think it's like such a long and personal journey for everyone. But I think the first thing is like, if this podcast, if this message aligns with you, then like that's your invitation to do some deeper work and start unraveling not only what's true, what's not true. Who do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to live? Forget what anyone else thinks or says or tells you that you can and can't do. I think throughout this process, I've met so many women who are like, God, I really wanted to be an astronaut. You know, my aunt told me I'd never get through that much math. And it's especially as women, especially as young girls, we're, we're constantly being told like what we have in us and what we don't have in us. I think you got to go back to when you were, when you were very young, what gave you joy? What gives you joy now? Like if you could reset your whole life and just remember that life is to be reset. Like there, there's never a point in time when you can't just take a sharp left, do something completely different. And I think a lot of the times it's like, you just need to hear stories like this to remind you that like, nothing is out of your capacity. Like you can do anything. And so if hearing 35 different women who were like, yeah, I was told I could never go, you know, I wasn't strong enough to do this hike. And instead I cross country skied Antarctica by myself. I was told that I'd never be on TV. I didn't have the face for TV. And now I've won four Emmys. Like those kinds of stories remind you that like you are so powerful too, then, then you need to read this. You know, then like oh, yeah. you need to do deeper work and you need to like, to go back to what gives you joy. That's so powerful. I'm excited for this book. Tell me one more time when it is going to come out. Also, if you want to be awesome and maybe tell them how they can find you, your website. What if they want to go on a tour? It's all going to be linked in the show notes as always, guys, but she's going to read it out on the- Totally. So this book is called Tell Her She Can't, Inspiring Stories of Unstoppable Women. And it's out June 29th. And I'm so excited. And you can pick up a copy at tellhershecant.com. And then if you want to travel with me, you just check out my company, Damesley. It's a cross between damsel and dame. Um, and meet me at the Women's Travel Fest. So I'm like so findable on the internet. <laughs> so, so findable. Also, so her findable. website though, the travel guide workbook website is so legit. You can literally go there, type in or put in your date that you want to travel. And like, you know, she literally has budgeting travel favorites. It's just insane. So if you're looking for, you're not a travel agent, like you're way more than that. But like, if you're looking for ideas, one-stop shop, like yeah. to book and to plan, literally her website is that different than the Damsley one? Yeah. Sorry. It's all going to be linked, I promise. It's crazy. Yeah, so Go Girl Guides does the guidebooks. Damesley does tours. I will promise it'll be mapped out in the show notes very easily found, but I loved that. I I think I spent like 30 minutes on the Go Girl, the Go Guides website earlier because I was like, okay, I'm booking booking this. I'm going to book that. That's so fun. And that's so the same thing that I, that I have realized with travel is the same thing that I'm doing with this book, right? So like, I didn't realize I wanted to even go to China. I never once had an interest in going to China until I started talking to travelers who were like, China's awesome. So like, sometimes you just need someone to to get the idea in your head, right? So like, yeah. that's the same thing with this book. Like, 
maybe you don't realize you want to take up kickboxing, but then you read about Pam who became a black belt at 65 and you're like, why, why not? <laughs> so I think it's just kind of like an invitation to do whatever feels best to you. One of the reasons why I am alive is the power in conversation. And that's one thing that I, my host and I, we've created this conversation. It's more on the racial justice side, the power in dialogue, like just power of conversations. That's why, again, the podcast is so more impactful than what I think any human can even just like fathom. You can hear an idea just from a different conversation and it just completely takes a wildfire off and just turns into its own thing. Yeah. And like, you can have the permission, you can give yourself the permission to do anything, to do any of that. Don't even have to ask you like who, who, who validates you. It's obviously myself. (laughs) (laughs) What validates me is talking with members of my community in hearing their stories. I think maybe my greatest role in life is being sort of a perpetual stage and letting other people share their stories on my platforms, being a support system for them and that. And it's like, yeah, I think after many years of being like, what's my purpose and trying so many different things, I think ultimately like what gives me the most joy is being able to help shine the light on on other women's journeys. Impactful. I Love it. I'm really glad our, our crowds passed. This conversation has been life-giving for me. Last question I asked all my guests, could you share with us a your favorite motivational or inspirational quote that kind of gets you through tough days? Totally. One of the first one that comes to my mind is um, by Steve Jobs. And it's the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Come on, Steve Jobs. From the Yes. <laughs> Kelly, I just want to thank you again so much for your time tonight. This has been amazing. You guys get a guide, go book a trip, get on a tour. She even has ladies, all my, all my wives, she has self-discovery. So if you've, you know, been, you've been tied down too not too long. Sorry. You got That's forever to true. go. <laughs> you want to get out there I can help you make that a way I've been in a season I need a little uh identity help definitely she has self-discovery ones okay look her up again Kelly I just want to say thank you yeah of course thank you this was so fun I'm looking forward to seeing all the good things I'm looking forward to reading your book (laughs) okay you guys until next time I hope you are feeling your heart feeling your mind feeling your body so you can free your soul Girl, I cannot tell you what it means to me that you are here and listening to this show. I am so grateful for you. And I just want to say that if you did love it or if it tugged at your heart at all, please feel free to share this with your friends or better yet, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so I can personally shout you out and thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey, friend. Talk to you soon.